Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to anyone and everyone listening to a Yank and King Regals Court, the podcast that focuses mainly on the UK scene in both the NXE UK and the Indies that goes about the Empire. I am joined once again by the Undertacker, Tack Brown Tacker, just coming from the Canary Islands. How pink are you? Um, 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 I think the shade that I'd be described as is lobster, <laughs> cooked lobster. Yeah, I'm, I'm very. I've done nothing but sit in the sun drinking beer all week, which has been pretty glorious, to be honest. But I am, I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit raw at the moment. Ah, <laughs> uh, the the sound. Well, I saw the pictures you were throwing up on on the on the Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter, and it looked glorious. Yeah, it was amazing. I would, you know, I can't lie. It's seeing you get out there, seeing you on the beach in the sun. I am. That only reminds me that I am a mere month away from going on my own holiday. My wife and I were heading out to Maui, uh, gonna enjoy some time on the beach and uh, get some. Sun. Amazing. It's uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, especially especially lately. Northern California has been uh, quite Englandy. In our in our weather, a lot of rain, a lot of a lot of clouds, a lot of dreariness. Not the uh, land of sunshine and milk and honey that I'm used to. So it'd be nice to kind of get out and get into some good uh, some good some good weather, some good sun. So yeah, you need a week. Like my my week this week, the only thing we've done all week that was any effort was we went to. They've got like an amazing zoo on the island, so we went to that. It's like a, a zoo where all the all the animals are roaming free in like big areas and stuff, and like almost like a safari park, but you can actually walk through it. That was pretty cool. But other than that, we did li- we've literally done nothing but either swim in the sea or sit by the pool. That's <laughs> it's all amazing. you need to do. I don't understand what else you yeah. you can do <laughs> or why you I would do zebra. That so, was pretty cool. Petted a zebra, fed a giraffe. Really? That was pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I tried to kidnap a turtle. <laughs> now the zebra, I've heard are quite. They can be rambunctious, from what I understand. Yeah, I didn't have a problem, but one of them had a few issues with my missus. It kept, uh, it it was getting a bit like <laughs> a bit rough with. Her. I kept flicking her with its tail and trying to nip her and stuff. <laughs> but but obviously it, it liked me. It did. It had an issue with her, but it was fine with me. <laughs> Man, that's oof. That's crazy. I, I, how was the giraffe? Is it? I haven't petted a giraffe since I was a kid. There was a theme park near me that's like, it used to be called Marine World Africa USA, and it was like this like kind of zoo, but then they turned it into this like roller coaster amusement park with yeah. a, a couple animals here and there. But uh, the big thing was like you could like feed a giraffe, and that was pretty rad. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We fed it apples. And uh, it had no interest until it realized we had a big bag of apples. And then all of a sudden we were like the giraffe's best friend. <laughs> but it's just a lanky horse, really, isn't it? It's not the, it really is. Like, like, my missus loves them, so she was super excited. But I was just like, it's just a, just a horse with a big neck. <laughs> like, it's not that much. much. I wasn't that interested. I wanted to see, like, they got alligators and that. Now. I was more into the alligators and the crocodiles and stuff. But, yeah, she was well stoked to feed, feed the giraffe. Did they have hippos there? Yeah. Yeah, they got hippos, yeah, they got elephants. We fed peppers to an elephant, that was pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty cool, but man, hippos, to me, like, that's some kind, that's a monster. Yeah, like, they're, they're, they's they've a... got this, this 
they got like three in this one bit, and then they had this massive one on its own that had been segregated because it was bullying the other hippos, oh. and it was like it was literally like a hippo the size of an elephant. I've never seen one so big. It was ridiculous how huge this thing was, and all it just, just stood there looking at everyone like it was ready to eat us all. Oh my god! It's like this gigantic hippo. It was pretty pretty rad. The whole thing was good. Like they got every, all the all the good animals. None of the boring stuff. It was all like really cool stuff. So yeah, it was really good. Oh, that's that's pretty awesome. Like I, I've heard like the you know you hear the facts that like hippos kill more people in Africa than like lions or whatever in in a year because they're like super territorial. So yeah, yeah, teeth. Oh, oh, those teeth are huge. It's crazy. They were feeding them whole watermelons and they were just like one crunch chomping the whole like whole <laughs> what like literally crunching it in one and swallowed it whole. Crazy. Okay, so the Canary Islands, they're owned by Spain? Or they're a part yeah. of Spain? Are they like a territory, yeah, they're, they're, or how does that work? It's, yeah, it's, they're, considered, they're considered part of Spain rather than considered owned by Spain. Okay. But their capital is the capital of Spain. They're considered an offshoot, even though they're closer to Africa. Like Morocco's the nearest, uh, the nearest part of Africa, I think. Um, but it's very, like the, everything there, the food and everything's very Spanish. Lots of like um, paella and goat and things like that. It's similar, very similar to Spanish food. Okay. And the, the language is primarily Spanish, but they speak a little bit. Their Spanish is slightly different, so there's some stuff they say that's slightly different from Spanish, but it's pretty much the same. Okay. Now, do you speak Spanish or? Do you get no, that? like a little bit. Yeah, just a uh, hello, goodbye, thank you, and yes, please, and uh, cerveza for beer. And that's about <laughs> it. That's about that's all. All, all you need to know, really. Yeah. Well, whiskey's still whiskey in Spanish, so yeah. that part's easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are not a travel uh, podcast. We are a wrestling podcast, so let's get back into it. So uh, over the two weeks that we were, uh, while you were on holiday and I was banging my head against the whiteboard trying to figure out a way to get my basketball team to win, uh, we had NXT UK TakeOver. They had the first TakeOver. It was in what seems to be their spiritual home of Blackpool, which kind of is the place where they keep going back as kind of like yeah. their big kickoffs. Um, is Blackpool like big in the like UK wrestling his- history or? Um, or is I mean, that just like Regal? Like, like, oh, Regal is from there. <laughs> no, if you, if you ask me where like the, the heart of British wrestling is, it's, it'd be on the list. Definitely. Um, because of the old, when they used to do the old um, holiday park shows and stuff, Blackpool used oh. to be like the number one destination in the UK. So there's always been wrestling around that area, pretty popular. Um, and all around, all the surrounding area around Blackpool, there's always been a lot of promotions and a lot of wrestling. So yeah, it's probably, probably if you, it, there's not really a heart of a British wrestling, but if there was, that's where I'd probably place it okay. somewhere around there. All right, yeah, I was just kind of like always a little wondering why they kind of chose to go Blackpool, always back to Blackpool. Like, you know, it just seems like it's a little like out of the way or, and even kind of like maybe just small, like outside of England, not a lot of people are like, oh yes, Blackpool. Yeah. It's kind of nice though because it's, it's, it's not done well in the, over the last, like, over recent years. Um, so it's kind of nice to see something focus on Blackpool rather than the usual like London, Manchester, Birmingham. It's quite nice that they've uh, that they're giving 
giving Blackpool that that sort of notoriety because it, it used to be like the the UK holiday destination and it's had a bad time of it recently. It's, it's been very run down, but it seems to be coming back to life now. And I think WWE being there is going to help actually if they if they keep going back there every year. I think that's a pretty big thing for Blackpool. It's pretty cool. I think that'd be nice. Yeah, and I mean, Lord knows the sporting scene around Blackpool needs a little, a little more. Their uh, football team's doing a yeah, a little bit not, of pep would help, wouldn't it, of any kind? <laughs> yeah, uh, the Blackpool FC is not not exactly doing the best. So uh, yeah, so we uh, we started off hot. They started off with Zach Gibson and James Drake uh, taking on Mustache Mountain in the finals of the uh, tournament to crown the inaugural NXT UK Tag Team Championships. Uh, you did re- you were able to see this match, uh, and I liked it. I was disappointed a little bit that they did not give Zach Gibson the mic. Yeah, like, yeah, I definitely wanted a promo on there. But as far as the match, I mean, I've seen that match, Mustache Mountain and uh, Grizzled Young Veterans, I've seen that match so many times and I don't think I'll ever get bored of it. It, was, it is. Like, it's just yeah, a, a, it's a, they just work so well against each other. Yeah. I, they, they play off of each other really well. They have a really good uh, chemistry in it. And I thought, and, and again, I'm like, you can put that those two teams together and it's going to be a really great match every time. Yeah. Now, I, yeah. Uh, go ahead. So I, I was going to say I don't know if it, I don't know if it was quite. I saw a few people saying like, oh, it's a, it was a five star stunner. Uh, maybe I need to watch it again. I don't think I'd quite give it that. Like, I don't think it was. I don't think it's going to be a match of the year or anything. But it was certainly to to crown the first tag champs. I think it was definitely a worthy match. I thought it was. It was. Uh... It was definitely above average, and I'm I'm not saying that yeah. like I, that saying it like that kind of seems like I'm throwing a little bit of shade, but I'm definitely not trying to. But uh, it definitely did feel I I feel like I've seen better like in progress and other like times they met and you know uh, Fight Club Pro, but yeah, like again I'm not taking that away from that final match. It was a good match. It just felt like you know like. When you have a deep body of work like they do together, sometimes, you know, it just doesn't go that extra gear. And that might have been because they were the first match on the card. So, yeah, it just it just felt like it never got to that extra, extra gear, you know? Yeah, that's starting to become something that I'm starting to think now that we're seeing like a few different matches. um people I've seen work in other promotions against each other. It's, it's starting to get to the point where now I'm, I'm starting to think to myself, well, that was a, a decent match, but their match in progress was better or their match in Kamikaze pro was better. And it's, it's starting to feel NXT UK. It's still brilliant. And that show was from what I've heard. I've obviously I haven't seen, seen it all yet, but from what I've heard was an incredible show, but, it started to feel a little bit like um, I'm trying to think of the word, like almost like rehashing. It's almost like the greatest hits of the Indies, but well, that was something I as well. That was something I brought out, or I brought up a few weeks ago, fellas. You, you know, fellas and ladies, you can go and check the back, the backlog. But I feel like after the first couple of weeks of NXT UK, I even said like this just feels like everything I've seen on the Indies. 
and just watered yeah. down versions of it. And I was going to get yeah, into that a little later with some of our other stuff, but like overall, that's just kind of the feeling I'm getting from NXT UK, where it's like it's okay. So when a band gets big, you know how everyone's like, "Oh, I liked them better," like before, you know, before they got big. Yeah, it's because there's a rawness and there's a. I don't want to say creative integrity, but I think there's a creative integrity when it when you don't have layers on layers on layers of production and yeah. layers and layers and layers of backstage producers, and we have to do yeah, this the, because the this two, is this style. The there's two that I always than, go to for that is Kings of Leon and Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, both of them. Their first two albums are great, and like proper raw real rock music and then as soon as they sort of got discovered and started playing in stadiums and that they just lost that sheen for me and that you're right it's the it's the same feeling is it's kind of what i was worried was going to be the direction of nxt uk and it's it's still finding its feet and i'm not worried about like it's going to be i'm going to lose interest or anything like that but it does it does feel like they're still it's it's all the same components. They're just the way they're put together slightly differently just is not just not quite as good. And I, and and again, I think I mean if we go back to the first NXT UK taping and Mustache Mountain is in the ring and they're not cutting a promo, they're reciting a promo. That yeah. was obviously written for him. When we know that, you know, uh, Trent Seven is one of the best people on the mic, and yeah. like, dude, and that's when uh, that I go back as kind of like that's, you know, age, age, you know, patient zero of like, oh, there's the they're not trusting the talent just to go out and do what they do. Yeah. And again, I think it's that creative honesty, personal honesty, I think that I yeah. think is a little bit like, and again, this was a great show, but every one of these matches, except for a couple, like there's, you could probably dig through like either ICW or progress or Fight Club pro Kamikaze yeah. pro riptide. And find a better version of it. Yeah. But, you know, again, I'm not trying to cast aspersions. I'm just saying, like, that's just... As somebody that loves the UK scene as much as I do, it does give me pause to see that when a lot of these guys are the... And girl, lady, women, are the top talent from the UK, and now they're being brought back a bit. Yeah, and it's and it has to be said they are. It is still a, in terms of a, a, a project and a promotion, it is still young. Um, so there is, there's. I think it will loosen up a bit as time goes by. Or at least I hope so, um, because the the things that the, a lot of these guys were signed for, they've not really had the chance to to really show that much yet. So I hope that, that I think thing, I think things will open up a bit for them as, as the company really starts moving forward and guys start moving on and finding their place and moving up and down the card. I think it will loosen up a bit, but 
there, I do have a little bit of a little bit of worry in the back of your mind that it is going to be just watered down UK Indies, which is fine because I I don't have to watch it. Like, there's other things I can watch, but right, exactly. The fact is, a lot of my favourite guys are there, and now with the these exclusive contracts, if I do want to see guys like Zach Gibson and I do want to see guys like Pete Dunn and Mustache Martin, this is going to be the place I'm going to have to go. So. Yeah, I do hope they, they do loosen things up a bit there, but it's, there's still plenty of time. It's, it's very young, like I say. And I don't want to seem like this is only because this is NXT UK. Like, a lot of this complaints I've had, I've had discussions with, you know, friends of ours, you know, your, your Danny Vallis's, Vallez's, your, you know, like, Stu and, and all the same guys. And it's the same thing I say about the NXT brand of, yeah, these matches are good, but you know, I've seen Ricochet Adam Cole on the, you know, in PWG like two to three times and they didn't have any like governors on them. They just went for it. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing where it's like, "Oh, well, yeah, that match was good, but it was great in PWG." Yeah. And you know, so it's just kind of you know, like it, it it's just a worry I have as now we're seeing WWE and NXT really like take their brand. And I mean, they're really kind of like the new British empire where, you know, it's, there's talk of them propping up a German promotion. There's talk of them propping up a Japan promotion. And, you know, like it's so it could really be the new like empire that the sun never sets. Yeah. So, uh, but again, the I'm not trying really to be. We're not trying to be too negative. It's just you know, like some worries yeah. that I have. The one that really worries me on NXT proper is Matt Riddle. Yeah. Just really can't see that everything that that makes him a draw for me. I can't see him carrying over with him in NXT. And again, he's uh, and I hope I'm wrong because I hope I hope he's over there and he's super successful for years to come. But he's the he's the big one, the big worry for me. Adam Cole as well. I worry worry that he's not gonna not gonna go far after NXT. I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that Vince gets. But I'm hoping with Hunter's influence that there's a little bit more uh, freedom for the smaller guys and the the guys that are big on talent and maybe not so much on size. Yeah, the uh, I'm. When it comes to Matt Riddle, the only thing that's keeping me from like completely being like lost about him is Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, uh, because she wrestles that shoot heavy style, and she's been able to do a really good job of incorporating it into the WWE style. I think that gives me hope that he can, that Riddle can. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm not too. I'm willing to kind of like give give him the benefit of the doubt and give them the benefit of the doubt working with them. But regardless, there's still a lot to talk about. So, uh, you know, we'll, this will be something we'll kind of keep an eye on as NXT UK kind of continues on to try to find their, their branding and kind of exactly what it is they want to do. Uh, but the second match, uh, a bit of a surprise here. Uh, and that Finn Balor comes out after Travis Banks gets injured due to an, uh, an injury by Devlin in a pre-match attack uh, to face Jordan Devlin. 
And this was a really good, I mean, obviously this is a really good uh, match. Uh, I'm kind of bummed that Banks had to sit this one out. But uh, I, this is something I think you had to do, <laughs> given yeah. you know, when Devlin, all the chance that Devlin, uh, uh, you know, faced in the first tournament. Yeah. How did they do it exactly? Was it literally just they, they showed like a, a footage from backstage? Um, no, attack Banks, off Banks and then no Banks. Banks walked out. Devlin jumped him, threw him into the steps. Injury, 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 and then goes out. Saint comes out. Johnny Saint comes out with his assistant. What's his name? Uh, oh, uh, Sid Sid Scala. Yeah, Sid Scala, the useless small person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, and then they came out. Talked real quick, and then Finn Balor came out, and then they just had. I oh, basically said you're not getting away with it, type of thing. Yeah, basically, because like uh, cool. Devlin got on the mic and was like, "Oh, you know, I'll kill anyone you put out here." Blah 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 blah, and then Balor comes out, which is which was a good show, but I or a good it, it was a good pop, it was a good surprise, but. Devlin's done so good over the last like freaking year and a half to get out of Devlin or to get out of Balor's shadow. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed they put him right back under it. Yeah, but it's, uh, on the other hand, it's it's giving the show that that little bit of that's that's going to be the thing that's going to bring in a lot of people who might not have watched the show any like any other way. When oh, I hear, get, oh no. I've got Finn Balor pops up there. Like it's it's a. I've, it is, like you say, it, it is tough that it was against Devlin after he has worked so hard to crawl out from under that being the whole you just a shit Finn Balor thing. Um, but I understand why they did it. But yeah, it is a, it is a bit of a tough spot for Devlin. But he is, again, he's another one. He's so good that he can work his way out from under that in a matter of weeks, I, I hope. Oh, I, I'm positive he is and it was a good match it was a good back and forth match they got 11 minutes to do it which is yeah you know like it's not just finn balor coming out kick him and then coup de gras it's you know it was a good competitive match and that's only going to build up devlin because that's not even yeah. like you know ballot you know if they would have brought someone from nxt proper over in the same thing like uh you know uh alistair black that's one thing, but, you know, like, and still have the same match or whatever, just to pop the crowd and be like, oh, yeah, you know, we can have anyone come over for the UK. Uh, but to have, like, main roster, former Universal Champion, Finn Balor come in, and you get a competitive match for him, that's only going to raise your stock. Yeah, yeah. So on the one hand, yeah, it's great, and I, I agree with you. It was, you know, that's how you get pop. That's how you get that, you know, kind of like the, the rub, quote-unquote. Uh, from Finn Balor to NXT UK in general, right? Bringing in a uh, main roster guy for it. But again, is this yeah. Devlin has been killing it, killing it in on the scene, and for them to kind of like just push him, shove him straight back into the shadow of Finn Balor, kind of that just bummed me out a little bit. But yeah, I, I'm sure I'm sure Devlin's gonna not have any problems as he's cashing that paycheck so yeah i think he's going to be one of their main guys you know going going forward over the next year i, think I really so. think he's that good 
that he he could fill that killer heel role really well. Oh, he oh one hundred percent. I love I love Devlin. I think he's a great great guy, and you can you can do a lot with him. But I think he'd be yeah, best as think- like heel. He's so intense, and he's he's got he's got that that realistic edge to him. Like he feels like a he's a genuinely horrible little bloke who will fight anyone. He's like he's got that feel to him because he, he, he wrestles that shoot style as well. He, he gives it that that extra fiery edge, which I, I really like about him. And I think the big thing I like is you can see that he wrestles with a chip on his shoulder. And yeah. you can use that to fuel any storyline. Yeah. And so that's great. And th- um, but I mean, speaking of wrestlers with chips on their shoulder, we're bring- we're coming into Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis in a no disqualification match. Which the no disqualification match is all right. You know, I, in in uh, WWE, typically that it just means you're going to get a couple. Chair shots to the back, a table or two, yeah, and maybe a ladder spot. So I mean, I'm not. I assume they didn't get silly like, like Eddie Dennis has done in the past in those kind of matches. No, I don't think so. I think I, from what I remember, I think it was pretty straightforward, no disqualification match, and they're trying to put over Mastiff as this like, you know, proper hard man. So did he get uh, cannibal for a table by any chance? Uh, I think so. It's been it's been about a week week and a half, so I can't quite remember. But yeah, uh, that was my, I, big, he, my big thing was that's what I was calling was that he was going to do a cannonball Eddie Dennis for a table at some point. I mean, it it only makes sense, and Massive does have the best cannonball in the business. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. With that. I love it. But Dave Massive did defeat Eddie Dennis uh, in ten minutes fifty seconds with an into the void uh, through a table. To pick up the win, uh, I thought, yeah, you got to have a no, you know, like it's your first big event. You kind of have to have a no DQ hard, quote unquote, hardcore match. Yeah, you got uh, some stick in there, haven't you? Yeah, one of the matches, right? I just, eh, just felt a little rushed. I don't think it was like that big of an emotional payoff, but you know, I get it. Yeah, you know, and Eddie, yeah, a ten minute no DQ match is, yeah, almost unheard of, really. <laughs> Yeah, it's decent, but and and again, I love Eddie Dennis, and we go back to you know kind of how they're going to use him, and I I worry that maybe Dennis is going to lose a little bit of that edge that he's built up over the last year and a half. And yeah, that's a tough one because I, both of those guys really could have done with a win there. Yeah, Wh- whichever way you did it was going to hurt one of them more than you'd want it to. Yeah, Unless they it, gave yeah. them 25 minutes to really show their stuff. Like they, that, they, right. There was always going to be one of them came off with a bit of a, yeah, a bit, bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of damage to their reputation there. But yeah, well, I don't know. I guess we'll see how they shake out. They're both, again, they're both so good. It wouldn't, it didn't, doesn't really matter that much because they've both got the ability to, to come back from it. Yeah. No, definitely. It just it just seemed it was almost like a little not disappointing, but just kind of like uh, not confusing. But it just seemed like the pairing just didn't for me it didn't quite make sense a little bit. Like yeah. I would see I would like to see Massive go against like a proper Hoss, like maybe like 
a Mark Coffey or a Wolfgang. I thought that's and, what they were doing with him in T-Bone, and they just kind of glossed over that. I was hoping there was going to be a bit more to that, uh, that, right. that rivalry. Yeah, I thought I thought it would I thought it would make sense to have him have a like just two hosses go at it instead of like Eddie Dennis, which Eddie Dennis is great and he's a heavyweight, but if you're really gonna get over Mastiff as like this huge like hoss monster, like you gotta show him beating other hosses. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I'm not the one with the pencil, I'm not the one with the, the book, so who am I? Who am I? I'm just somebody that, you know, has a passion for, for wrestling. But uh, and and here's another uh, booking thing. I'm got kind of confused. I'm not. I'm happy for, her, but uh, Tony Storm. She defeated Rhea Ripley to become the second ever NXT UK Women's Champion. Uh, although I thought, I don't know. I feel like if you're gonna give, if you're gonna give it to Storm after on Ripley's like first. Uh, defense why not just have storm win it in the tournament yeah that's that's that didn't quite make sense to me it to me i think we talked about it on the last episode but it kind of goes against the the whole like when you have a new title like the like the women's uk title that a new title always the first holder builds a bit of a legacy with it I mean, Finn Balor aside with the Universal because he got hurt. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have held that for a while. But usually a new title, the first person who wins it, they give it give it some legitimacy by they hold that title for a long time, like like Tony Storm did with the uh, Progress Women's title. Mm. Um, and like, it, it's, it almost damages the title a little bit right off the bat if it's, it's not, that, that title hasn't even been defended yet. Yeah. The second person now has got it, and it hasn't been defended yet, which just seems a bit odd. It's, it makes it makes Rhea Ripley almost seem like she fluked it the first time round, and like she's got her name on that title forever as the first to ever hold it, and it almost looks like a fluke now, which is it's odd. But again, I'm I'm really happy to see yeah for Tony Storm to have the title, so. Well, I'm not going to complain too much about that because I think she really does deserve it. But it, you are right; it's an odd way to do it. Yeah, it just it just seems really weird. Like I'm I'm looking up the tournament bracket right now, and th- this this was the final, and Rhea Ripley beat Tony Storm in the final that aired late November. So, you know, a month and a half ago, almost two yeah. months ago. And and now all of a sudden, like Tony's, it just I don't, it just doesn't doesn't make sense. I don't like again. I'm not a booker. I can't can't claim I am, but it just as a fan, like I would have loved to see Ripley go on like a six seven month streak and win and build the title up, build herself up, and then Tony Storm have to start from the bottom. That said, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, that doesn't mean that you can't have Tony Storm chasing her for that time. Right. And having, uh, like, different things getting away, having her have to work her way back up through through beating other people to earn another shot. Um, Because to me, as well, it's once you miss, you you get your shot at a title and you miss, you go to the back of the queue, to me. Yeah. No, Um, I totally agree. 
so yeah, just I, I, I don't know the way they, they they booked it was that that she went through to May Young and worked her way back in, and she's earned that shot as you you could in in sort of air quotes, but yeah, it's just see, it's weird to you get to the front of the queue, you get your shot and you miss, you go to the back of the queue, you don't just hold your place and have another go, you go back round, but. But yeah, I'm ha- but I am happy that it's, I think I think having it on Tony Storm would have been the right decision from the off. Yeah, um, and, and it has given Rhea Ripley a good rub that she's the first ever. It's something you can say she's going to have a really long, really good career in WWE. So oh, it is cool yeah. for them to be able to say the first ever, and like they do whenever they introduce Tyler Bate, it's always the first ever NXT UK champion. Mm. Um, and she's now, for the rest of her career, the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. So oh, that, it, it's it's useful for her definitely, and it it does it does help. It will help her long term. And I think and I think it does make sense a little bit with Rhea Ripley being like, uh, based out of Orlando. Like obviously they're not going to like fly her back all the time just to get, you know, to the tapings and and everything out there and whatever. You know, if they do decide that NXT UK that are going to have house shows or whatever it is that they decide out there, but. It just seems like ah, Tony Storm. I don't know. I I thought if they're gonna put Tony Storm, put it on Tony Storm this early, like you said, they should have just done it from the start. But yeah, uh, there's no reason Andy. they couldn't have had a great match to give Rhea Ripley the rub and have Tony win and still make Rhea Ripley look incredible in that match. Right. Right. But yeah, it's, it's the, the booking's not always going to be exactly how, like you say, we're not bookers. So it's there's always a long-term or at least I always hope I'm not so sure with WWE, but there's always <laughs> a long-term plan. And there's, there, there seems to be, especially with Hunter's booking, there always seems to be a reason. Right. So I'm sure things will shake out and make sense down the line. And, and again, like I, Tony storm total, like she definitely is outside, you know, she is the best women's wrestler in the UK, non Millie McKenzie division. And, yeah. uh, it's, she one completely deserves it. She's going to be a great champ, and two, especially after kind of what happened over the last couple of weeks, to see her get this and to see her be embraced by the crowd was really touching. Yeah. So, anyway, speaking of uh, a champion that has done everything in his power to elevate and raise a championship. Pete Dunne, he defeats Joe Coffey going into uh, 600 days of being the UK champ is what I'm seeing. And yeah, he's, he's oh, well over 600 now. Yeah, and he's with no end in sight. I mean, Pete Dunne has done everything he can to kind of be the Bruno San Martino of uh, the NXT UK brand. And honestly, every match he does with the championship just continues to elevate it and continues to elevate it and continues to elevate it. And even with Joe Coffey, and I'm not even a Joe Coffey fan, I thought this was a really good match. Best, by far the best Joe Coffey match I've ever seen. By far and away. The, I, I've never seen him any... I've seen him in some really good tag matches and singles matches, but that was by far and away the best <laughs> performance I've ever seen from him. I thought so too. I, You know, Coffey is... Coffee's a good dude, and you're going to get a decent match out of him, but I've never thought like he had it. I never like yeah. watched the Joe Coffee match and was left like, oh my God, this was transcendent. But 
Pete Dunn got a really good match out of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he's the Joe Coffey's one of those guys that I'll always describe. He's, the best word to describe him is solid. But this oh, was yeah. uh, for me a next level, and it's it's left that match. Even though I think a lot of the work was, and a lot of the the props for the match goes to Dunn. There's still two of them in there at the end of the day, and I think um, it's it's made me a lot more interested to see what Joe Coffey does going forward. Uh, it's made me more interested in him than I ever have been before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that's the great thing about um, uh, Pete Dunn is that he's able to get these matches out of, you know, like solid guys, but elevate them as well. Yeah. And now you're like, oh man, Joe Coffey's real good. And now I'm really interested in Gallus and, you know, where that stable goes. Yeah. So, like, it's, you know, like they're setting a lot of pieces up right now. And so it's going to be interesting to kind of see that and how that goes forward. Uh, but we don't need to, we didn't need to wait long to know exactly what the future has in store for Pete Dunn. Because shortly, because once the match ended, out came the Australia, the Austrian ring general, Walter. Yeah. And he comes <laughs> out and that looks like that's where we're going. And I can't be happier. Yeah. I'm, I'm never, never sad to see Walter anywhere, but that was, the way they did it as well, the timing was fantastic, and the, the everything they did about that, the little face off that him and Pete had in the ring was it made it made Dunn look uh, almost like just he had that just that slight hint of worry, but still looked fearless at the same time. Um, like it was, uh, yeah, almost trepidatious of facing off with Walter, but ready for him at the same time. Right. Um, yeah, just the, the whole way they did that was... I felt a little bit sorry for Joe Coffey after such a great match to be brushed off with one boot to the head, and that was him job done. But, yeah, it's, I'm really excited to see what they do with Walter there. Well, they did have Marcel Barthel, who is from Ring, Ring Camp, the former Axel Dietl, Dieter Jr. Uh, so maybe... We get a reunited ring comp, and word on the street is that Ilya Dragunov just got signed. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, so we could it's have a, bit of a raid own, on WXW, right? So we could have our own WXW faction within uh, NXT UK to go against uh, must you know uh, British strong style, as they yeah, still be... kind of do hold a loose. Within the NXT UK continuity, they still kind of hold a loose affiliation. Yeah, they've they've helped each other out a few times, haven't they? But they've never really they've never flat out called them uh, a team. Yeah, but they they always, there's been a few run-ins either way. We've done helping out Mustache Barton and vice versa. But yeah, I'd be into that. I think they there was mentioned today somewhere that Killer Kelly's properly signed now as well. Oh, really? Nice. Hopefully, um, she starts picking up wins then. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Um, I know who, there was somebody else as well was mentioned. Charlie Evans, maybe, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Has uh, signed Evans properly? Is a good so, yeah, there's, there's, it might have been Charlie Evans, but I don't think that's right. 
I can't remember. I, I, I could I, read it I, earlier and I, I could save it, but I can't find it now. Yeah, that doesn't quite sound right because I know actually her and Millie McKenzie just turned heel in Pro Wrestling Eve. Yeah. So looks like uh, Millie McKenzie's being a bit of a baddie. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which I'll, I'll it's, never it's, it gets to being the greatest wrestler in the world. You've got to it keep is, it interesting for yourself. It's a real heavy the head that wears the crown situation. You know, sometimes yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so overall I thought it was a really good uh, event. Um, but it was far from kind of the big, one of the big, uh, the, or the only noteworthy thing that happened in the UK wrestling scene. Uh, the other one is, I, yeah, I and I know you haven't had it or had a chance to see it, but David Starr versus Pack from Defiant Wrestling. I think this dropped earlier this week on yeah. YouTube, and oh man, I might have to start checking out more Defiant. Yeah, um, it's the, the they were formerly like we we were talking about it earlier. They were formerly uh, WCPW. Which kind of very very quickly gained. It's what cult, what culture it was. They oh, like a, okay. It was, so that was what culture. culture. All right. Yeah. And uh, they very very quickly got a really bad reputation um, on on the UK indie scene. Um, for they were drawing some pretty horrendous crowds. A few that I had some direct problems with, um, among others, and they they. Um, they, they had a few issues with not paying wrestlers, uh, cancelling bookings at the last minute, and I think that's a big chunk of why they changed the name and tried to reset. And since they've reset, I've been hearing a lot better reports from them uh, or from people who've been going to shows and watching shows and things. That they seem to have not just changed the name, but actually changed their their way of running as well. Um, which is really good. Uh, I haven't seen this match yet, but I know it's on YouTube, so we'll have to tweet the link out as well. But it, it's from from what you've said, and I've seen others say it's an absolute stunner of a match. It really is. It's a great match. And so, it, it Defiant, are they based out of... So they run the, uh, Newcastle, right? Is that yeah, kind of I their don't think... Base, I think they're North-based now. Yeah, before they were, they were literally all over the country. Uh, they were uh, they did shows in Scotland, Wales, all around England. Uh, they were all over the place, uh, but I think they've they've focused in a bit now, and I think they're a northern promotion mostly now. Which is nice. I don't think there's too many northern promotions that I know right off the top of my head that are more based in the north, outside of ICW. But that's even you know north of Scotland, but or you know into into Glasgow and. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good match. Uh, I, it was Pac's return. Uh, I think that was his first like match in Newcastle since returning back to the Indies from WWE. And it yeah, was so, yeah. it was a uh, crowd was hot for him. And I thought it was really smart because uh, David Starr was has apparently been really building his name in that in Defiant as kind of as he's been chasing Rampage, uh, who's the title yeah. holder. And so it was a thing of you had the returning hero plus the uh, up-and-comer in the, you know, in the, uh, in the promotion. And it was yeah. a really good dynamic. And also just 
uh, Pac's current uh, personality is amazing. Yeah, he's super heel, isn't he? He's, he's really, really good. I loved his turn on 205 Live, and ever since, like, I've, I've loved seeing him work heel. It's so much more natural for him. It seems like it, yeah. I mean, when you're when you look like a roided out Dobby from uh, Harry Potter, you should probably be a heel. Yeah, definitely. Like, it doesn't really like lend itself to to looking like you know, or you know, being a face. But he's he's done great. And speaking of Pac, he showed up at the uh, All Elite Wrestling kickoff press conference and he uh, looks like he's going to be taking on hangman page at uh double or nothing and that is that's one match i'm very excited for yeah it's a bit of a i mean uh, hangman page gets a bit of like i think people are a bit like he's a bit marmite like people are a bit 50 50 on him but i love him oh i love I think him. that's gonna be a hell of a match Here's how I'm going to describe Hangman Page. Hangman Page is the George Harrison of the elite. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. He is. He's obviously like, all right, so you have Cody, who is the Paul McCartney. He's, you know, he's up front. He's kind of the one with the more personable, like, yeah. Charisma. I'm going to say the Young Bucks are the John Lennon. Yeah. The more the spiritual like guide guiders of the of elite. Who are you going to make Ringo? Though? No one wants to be Ringo. No. <laughs> Chase Owens, <laughs> but he's not part of the elite anymore. <laughs> uh, I think. Oh, who would be a brand? I I'll say Brandy. Brandy Rhodes is Ringo. She's there. She's solid. She doesn't screw up. She gives yeah, like a good yeah. backbone to the to the crew. Uh, you know, she'll never be in the front, but you know, she can kind of do her own thing for a little bit. She'll show up on Shining Time Station and hold down the uh, Thomas the Tank Tank engine for a while. <laughs> that's that's a deep pull. God, I, I can't believe I pulled that one out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Hagman Page is over, often overlooked, but he's just as good as anyone else. And so that's why I'm giving him the George Harrison. Yeah. And I think this match with Pac with Pac 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 uh is going to be his while my guitar gently weeps. I'm gonna call that right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I know that. I think I mean that that whole AEW thing is i mean i've never seen so many people like talking about contracts and things and who's going there next and oh these people are unhappy with their contracts and it's it's thrown the whole of I mean, if nothing else it's shaking up wrestling big time more than anything else has for for a very long time it's now i'm i am more interested or not more interested but i am what i love now is that it's taking one of my favorite things about football, which is transfer windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and has now like taken that to wrestling. 
Because they yeah, I heard someone else describe it as that. It's bas- it is basically the pro wrestling transfer window, where everyone's waiting to see who's who's got a short enough contract left that they can be bought out, or uh, who's speculated to go where. And yeah, and that's. I mean, Jericho was huge for that. That's that's what's really put it up in the air for people. I think is that nobody would have thought Jericho would actually go there on a full contract. Oh, so that's yeah. that's really. That's that's kind of the well. If that's happened, then anything can happen. Kind of, and especially uh, kind of, when Jericho came out and said that it was the best deal he's ever got. Yeah, which is insane. When you think, have about, you listened to his podcast yet? No, not yet. Yeah, he he basically clarifies and says like he the the contract that he signed there is better for him than anything he's ever had anywhere else. I think in terms of freedom of like with the with his band and stuff and money wise he said like they're not they're really not playing around like they're building wow. some that their 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 top line is we're we're head on taking on wwe it's going to be really interesting to see yeah it would to me it's interesting yeah like Jericho getting big money, but of course, like if you're going to bring in Jericho, you're going to give him the big money. The contracts for your SEU, your Britt Bakers, your you know whoever else they signed to fill out that women's division, like the more mid card guys to see the money they're getting compared to the money that WWE is gonna is spending. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. They- but also now this is forcing in. Uh, New Japan to sign now they're signing uh, three-year contracts with uh, the foreign talent, which is something that they've never done. They've always done year-long contracts. Uh, yeah, Ring of Honor is having to step up their contracts and their signings. So it it's it's a whole new ball game. Yeah, it's it's the next year or so again is going to be. I mean, the next year or so is already going to be really interesting time but this is the AEW thing is, is such a it, it has potential to be so massive to the entire world wrestling scene that it, it's yeah every 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 little thing now we're I'm, I'm watching what they're doing um, yeah, just to see what effect it's going to have on because it if they really do try and go head to head with WWE they've got them they're one of the the guy who's backing them is one of the few people who's really got the money and the, the business sense to do it so yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what names go over there in the next coming next couple of months. Yeah, it's uh, and it's, now that you're seeing rumors and innuendo about who's not happy with their role in WWE and who's not happy with, uh, you know, kind of what they're getting. You know, rumors are out there swirling about the revival, about them possibly asking for a release. Um, I still don't know where Kenny's going. Kenny's contract's coming up at in about like seven seven days, I think six seven days. So we don't know where that's going. Yeah. That's you know that's that's some Premier League like the rumors and talks and then backtracking uh, around Kenny Omega right now. That's like Premier League. Where is you know the big signing going in? Yeah. the UK like it's oh well this and who knows and he's he's going to WWE but then I don't know and 
Now people are breaking down the Elite's YouTube show to figure out what hints are in there. It's yeah, it's really exciting. I'm really I'm really excited. And all and again, all of this is going to lead to more independent talent coming up to fill that that void in that yeah. vacuum. So uh, yeah, it's, and, it's another great thing for wrestling. I think. Oh, it really is. It really is. And speaking of, watch the segue. Speaking of uh, talent stepping up and filling the void, especially in the UK scene today, uh, Progress is having Chapter 83, Remove Child Before Ironing at the Electric Ballroom in Camden. Uh, and this seems like it's going to be a really good, really good card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a few people being a bit down on that card, actually, but I, you know, I can't see where they're coming from because it's, to me, it's, there's some real like potential, I mean, generally potential match of the year sort of candidates on there. Um, uh, like as in terms of building new names, in which is what everyone seems to want from Progress, and now they seem to be trying to do it. Uh, I've seen quite a few people online being really down on that card, but I wish I was there because it's an absolute stormer to me. Yeah, it looks really good. Nina Samuels, Lord Di Matteo, they're going to start the start things off, and Nina Samuels has been really good. We're going to see where Lord Di Matteo is going to go. You know that Jenny's not there anymore. And kind of where her character progresses now that she's healed. Nina Samuels has been coming up really great, having a lot of really good matches. I've been really happy with her. Uh, yeah. Chris Ridgway versus Sega Hero uh, Iri is going to be, whew, that's going to be good. That, that to me, after, after, because I've been checking out some of our stuff on YouTube and various other places. And that to me, Outside of maybe Dragonov Thatcher, I think really is the match I'm most excited for to see on that card. Because I think that's going to be a proper shoot fight. It's going to be. There's going to be some real hard hits in that match. That's going to be really strong, really stiff. I'm really looking forward to it. I love Ridgeway. I keep saying I think this is his year to break out, uh, especially yeah. with everyone else getting snapped up. Uh, and I really, really think that this match might be his jumping off point. This might be the one that really puts him on the next level. Yeah. Uh, Eddie no, Dennis and Mark Haskins, they're taking on DNR. DNR needs to win this, man. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they have to. Can. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they win dirty or clean. They've, they've got to win that. Yeah. Uh, or if they lose, then they need to, like, really make it count. Yeah, I think I, I think both DNR matches they've got to win. Yeah, because you've got um, uh, the other half of DNR going against Aussie Open. I think they've got to win that too. I think and they've I think, really got to cement them as a powerful, a powerful four piece. I think. Yeah, and especially Mambo Ever, Sweet Jesus has been like that's a tag team that they should already be in the title. They should have already been in the title hunt for months now. Yeah. You know, like, so that, I think, <coughs> I, 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 Aussie Open just lost, there's, I would be disappointed if Progress put Aussie Open back into the title picture. And I, I like, I love Aussie Open, but just right now, it, it's got to be DNR, especially with the story you're telling. I think so. Uh, Angelico Jody Fleisch is going to be a really good match. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know a ton about Jodie Flosh, but what I've again another one that what I've seen I really like. Yeah, he's that that's going to be one of them where they don't really need a mat because yeah. they're going to be so flipping and bouncing around off the various ropes. And uh, uh, unfortunately, on Helico, it's not going to be coming to the ring with Bangarang, but is it is? No, but I, last time I saw in Helico, he's he was like he reminded me of. Like, um, you know, when you see like a tightrope walker in the circus, like old school style, and they act like they're about to fall and off the rope, uh, and then all of a sudden they just waltz along as if it's nothing. He literally walked around all four sides of the ring, just using the ropes, like walked around the top rope all the way around all four God. sides of the ring, and then launched into like the weirdest flip I've ever seen onto uh, his wrestling. Uh, I think it was Al Fantasmo. Oh, really? And, uh, Fight Club Pro Show, yeah. And he, but he literally just strolled. He like the first rope, he looked like he was really struggling. Then he got to the corner, and he just strolled around the other three ropes <laughs> as if it was nothing. It was absolute. I've never seen anybody with balance like it. It was ridiculous. No, Angelico's and, awesome. I love him. Yeah. And the other thing I always think of of him it was that ridiculous crossbody that he did uh, uh, in the first season of Lucha Underground. Oh. Top of the office to pretty much the other side of the ring that i'll still go back and watch that clip occasionally and it's still utterly ridiculous it's that's uh i love i love lucha underground so much and i love that i love that storyline with the yeah you know the unlikely trio but and that yeah. was like where angelico really like kind of burst onto the scene where once he did that everyone was like oh who's this dude yeah, I think it's is it um, uh, Vince Averill off the We Watch Wrestling podcast who describes him as a, a walking monster energy can. Yes, he, yeah, that's one of Vince's uh, <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's completely accurate. But it's so true. It's one, and I, as somebody that grew up knowing a lot of guys that did a lot of like mountain biking and dirt bike riding, like yeah. he, they're not they're not far off. Yeah, so I, I, know, kinda... I used when I used to ride mountain bikes in my youth. I know tons of guys like him, and that I don't. If it's a character, he's the best character actor I've ever seen. But I think he's just <laughs> generally like that. I think so. Uh, and then we have, like you mentioned before, Ilya Dragunov versus Timothy Thatcher, which is, I think, two opposing sides of intensity you have Ilya Dragunov which is one like a nuclear explosion of intensity and then Timothy Thatcher which is that smoldering yeah uh, I think we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago as being one of our like hoped for matches for 2019 I think so that sounds about right yeah yeah I'm pretty sure I, we said like that that's one we wanted to see this year so I hope it lives up to what because that could be an absolutely an absolute slobber knocker, as a, as JR used to call him. Oh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I love Timothy Thatcher's Sacramento by, uh, represent. He's from my area of California, and uh, I'm really, really excited to see this. And especially now that Walter and Dragunov and Dieter Jr. are all kind of doing their NXT UK thing, and I don't think he's, I don't think he's the NXT UK material. Not saying he's like not good enough, but just saying like his intensity or his 
character, I don't think it's something that they're going to ever really snap up. So it's yeah. going to be really interesting to see him really kind of find his own uh, footing. Yeah. So I And I think this might be a good start. This might be a good start to really propel him, and hopefully he can get a good singles run out of it. Yeah, I'm always happy to see more of him over here, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then we have, uh, finally, Swords of Essex versus CCK in a match of uh, sick fucking tag moves. And uh, shortly before we went, uh, we started recording, news broke that uh, Lycos uh, is injured again. Uh, yeah, poor guy. Yeah, not not a lot of uh, information about what happened. Just that uh, he got injured, and it looks like they had to call the match. Um, yeah, this is rough. Yeah, it's a, a real bummer. I'm just absolutely gutted for him. He, he's he's so, he's just such a good and great fun wrestler and I really hope it's nothing serious again um, but from what the reports that are coming out it sounds like it's something pretty serious um, but yeah he's just he's had just no luck with injuries all over the last couple of years absolutely no luck whatsoever yeah it's uh oh hold on look so i'm reading the indie corner right now and it looks like they have a kind of breaking down what happened so and we'll and we'll get more into this when they release the show and, and we're able to see what happened but this is kind of the early report so take this with you know a grain of salt but uh from at the indie corner he, okay here's what happened thread the match was excellent, like classic progress standard. Lycos knocks Paul outside and turns into a clothesline over the top from Will. When he lands, he falls flat back on the floor and shouts for help holding his right shoulder. He is in front of me and a few others that signal someone to get over and help him. Glenn comes down to assist and a paramedic is called over. Lycos, Lycos keeps saying it's gone. Match continues as best they can and I think, I think the finish was called for the Swords to win. The match ends and the Swords cut a promo to end the show and be as nasty as they can be. We are asked to give some room and everyone is asked to leave, giving room to the situation. Lycos is presumably being taken to the hospital as we speak. It's a damn shame that happened and of course we send our best wishes to Lycos. Uh, yeah, that's... So it looks like it's a shoulder. Yeah, it's uh, just... That's... It's just good, isn't it? Because he, he is... He's such a good talent. He's such a nice guy as well. Um, but I can't see... It, it, to me, it's getting to the point now where I can't see why he would continue. If it is the same injury again, which it sounds like it is, um, I, I can't see him coming back again, as, as sad as it is to say. That's the what the fourth time now? in two years that the same injury something like that yeah and i think it's been so shoulders there's something every time, right? wrong there yeah that yeah and it's the same shoulder every time as well i think if this is the same again so there's obviously something majorly wrong there that isn't getting repaired when he when he's having surgeries and things so there's only so much repairing of the same thing you can do before it's it starts causing damage or even more yeah. damage on top so 
I mean, if he did come back again, and I hope he does, but if he does come back again, I think that's the last chance. And I don't think, I don't think if he does go again after that, I don't think you'll see him wrestle again. Which is, that's it, which is hard and, and sad to say, but yeah, it is. But there's only so many times you can you can expect him to to come back and have the same thing happen. I mean, that's what one match back. One we're running in one match he's had, and it's gone I again. I think so. It, maybe he's. I think maybe like he's had a. Oh, he had, but he had a few matches in Japan. Oh yeah, had, yeah, a couple. Yeah, had the the Fight Club Pro Tokyo Project, but still, that like, doesn't even sound like he was doing anything major either. It was just. It sounds like he was just running a mill stuff. He wasn't doing anything ridiculous by the sounds of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a bummer. Yeah, well, you know, our best goes out to Lycos. Speedy recovery, my man. Like this, love you. This sucks. Uh, you know, I hope yeah, I'll be looking to hopefully put. Like I, said, I mean, every time he's been injured, I've gone out of my way to try and buy some CCK merch to put a few quid in his pocket because obviously he's a, he's a working wrestler. He needs to earn that money, so right. always try and show him support as well. But so. Well, if, the good if news you're out at shows or anything, like, grab a shirt yeah, from him if you can. And try to out. Definitely, you know, do what you can to help him out. Buy a, one of the 90 CCK shirts they have out, one of the 30 hats they have out. So there's yeah. definitely, <laughs> there's yeah, definitely merch out there to merch help. Merch 50-50 as well, yeah. The, even, yeah. even all the time he was hurt, Brooks was splitting the merch 50-50 with him, which is some really good brother stuff as well. And He seems, he uh, seems like a really be, good dude, Brooks does. He's a real nice guy. Um, he's actually fr- comes through Coventry as a, a wrestler. So we've been literally seeing him since his very first couple of months performing. Um, at our, like very base level local shows. And he's always been a really nice guy. Um, he, he, he spends a lot of time teaching as well already. Um, he spends a lot of time in the academies with the really young guys. He likes bringing, helping the new talent learn and that, which is a, a really shows you that he's a good guy. And he's always happy to have a chat at shows and that. He's a really nice fella. So, and it is, it, it sort of hurts him as well because he is, if he, he always supports Lycos when he's hurt and he always makes a point of, uh, no, see, the real CCK is him and Lycos. Um, yeah. So it, it's sad to see him after sort of, after all the, it's cool seeing the the stuff with Thatcher he's done and all that, but you really want to see those guys two two best mates in and out of the ring. You really want to see them work together. So yeah, it's a shame for for everyone involved, but hopefully it's not as major as it seems, and maybe we do see him soon. But it doesn't seem to be going that way, sadly. Uh, and the good news is, like I think, especially this last time he had to sit out, uh, Lycos has done a really good job at. Uh, Staying active with, yeah. uh, you know, Schadenfreude and uh, and CCK, where he's just there. And I know he did a lot of like uh, uh, ring announcing and stuff like that. He actually did, uh, for I think Kamikaze Pros. Yeah, uh, there's, there's uh, definitely still room for him as a wrestler. Oh, oh definitely, wrestling, yeah. just not as a wrestler. Maybe that right. might be the case. Well. You know, like I said, all the best. Hope you speedy recoveries, and uh, you know, thank God that you guys have, you know, 
a decent healthcare system out there and he's not having to pay out of pocket for this. Yeah, so. oh, it'd have been done already, I think, if he was anywhere oh, else. Oh, this there, is yeah. America. There's no way he'd be surviving. He'd be on the streets right now. Like, multiple, like, surgeries. Like, he'd, he would be two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 in debt. Yeah. It's, it'd be insane. Uh, anyway, on that bit of a bummer, I think it's about time you get back to work. I know I'm, I'm getting ready to head out in a minute. Uh, you know, so thanks, everyone, again, for listening. Sorry for the week off, uh, but, you know, sometimes when you work 90 hours a week in December, you got to yeah. get to go to the Canary Islands. That's it. But I'm back now. <laughs> sadly, <laughs> somewhat sadly, but I'm back now. Uh, no, what are you talking about? Coventry is an amazing uh, place. I drove through it once <laughs> when I was <laughs> lost trying to find my way back to the, I think, the M3, right? Is that the one yeah. that goes? M6, right? maybe? Uh, I think it was the M6. Whichever yeah. one was get, getting me back towards uh, uh, Eastern Anglia. Yeah, definitely of, M6. All right, then uh, I was trying to find the M6. Again, when it took me an hour to find my car from the board. <laughs> yeah, you got proper lost in Birmingham, didn't you? I, did, I, I, was, I was just walking in circles. And I actually had to get a... <laughs> actually, I had to take a cab to my car. And I just showed him like the the picture of the street I was on. I was like, I'm here. Can you get me there? He's like, it's like a half mile, mate. And I was like, I don't care. Drive me. <laughs> and then I missed the turn and somehow I ended up in Coventry. And then I ended up back on the road. And, and you know, thank God for you because I know my wife was messaging you. <laughs> so <laughs> my phone was off. I don't think and, I was helping when she was like, have you seen Anthony? Well, yeah, he left me like three hours ago. I'm back at home. And I don't think I helped all that much. I think I just added to the worry. Uh, well, you did your best. What can I say? Anyway, I got to get out of here. Have a great week, man. Everyone, uh, you know, take care of each other. It's it's crazy times out here. Let's let's get through it. All right, man. Yeah. Cool, I'll man. talk you to you next week. Sounds good. Bye-bye.